You are listening to Wait a Minute with Beth and Jessica, episode 28. I'm Jessica Pearson, certified body image and weight loss coach. And I'm Beth Barnett-Babel, integrative nutrition therapist. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I wanted to share with you something that has been swirling around in my brain for a few weeks now, maybe a couple months. It's been swirling around in there for a while. Anyways, and it is creating a lot of havoc in my thought processes. And so I decided to go ahead and share this with you because I think many of you can relate to it. And I think it's really, really important to see that though I work with clients about self-acceptance and about weight loss and versus not weight loss, that I still and Jessica still struggle with old thoughts and behavior sometimes. I think it is important to share that we are both humans, of course. And just because we do have the skills and tools doesn't mean we're not experiencing any of these similar journeys that you might be having. And Beth, I'm just thankful for your willingness to share what's been on your mind because it is helpful for all of us. So please tell us what's going on. Let's walk us through your brain. Yes. Okay. So... I have been rewriting an old wave of thoughts and action patterns. And when I say old, I mean, they're at least a solid decade, right? Maybe eight eight years, a decade, somewhere in that ballpark. So they were a constant part of my daily thoughts. And then I had a breakthrough and came to self-acceptance and Yada, yada, yada. All the things of, you know, the magical, I love myself. (laughs) (laughs) But like many people during the pandemic, I let some of my normal routines go. I stopped doing some more of my more intense workouts and generally moved less. I did drink a little bit more and I ate a little bit more comfort foods as many of us did to kind of, you know, pass the time navigate our feelings during, especially in the the beginning part of it. And so the eating and drinking part didn't last too long because one, I just really didn't feel good and knew that that was not what my mental health needed. So I kind of, you know, got back onto, you know, eating foods and drinking less and more normally, but my decrease in movement remained very steadfast or it would be very sporadic and be like, okay, now I'm going to go do the things. But I lived on this street where it was just like this dead end street and you really could go. Anyway, so I got tired of like going on, walking on the street. So then I wouldn't do it. So anyways, I just was not very movement. And so the little bit of the weight that I did gain during the pandemic, I hadn't been too worried about it really for the last year and a half until one day I decided that I was going to worry about it. I don't know what happened, but I just, I guess, wanted to wear these clothes that are in my closet that I haven't been able to wear. And then all of a sudden my brain just was like, no, we're not doing it. We're no longer okay with this. And I'll kind of back up a little bit here and talk to you guys about like, you know, for me, exercise is not just about how it makes me look. It really, really helps my mental health. 
And I often forget that aspect of it. And sometimes my, my brain will be like, no, we only exercise because it helps keep us fit and in your clothes. And then I'm like, no, that's not really <laughs> the situation. We also like to joke, what is our Kafa joke? Oh, Kafa says no. Yeah. <laughs> Which, if you don't know, kapha is like an, an Ayurvedic thing. Yeah, it's it's your dosha, which means your kind of constitution or, that can relate to both your body type and your general essence and how you move. So your fire, earth, water, air, and ether are the components. Yeah, and we talk about how kapha is slow and it likes to sit down and it likes to lay down. So it's like kapha says no to movement. Yes, And I really can give in to that very easily. And during this time, I also forgot that movement is really a part of my identity and that whatever I'm, I feel like I want to do, and that could be yoga, it could be running. I was a long time, long distance runner, boot camp, Pilates, wake surfing. I just always viewed myself as being a strong and athletic person. And over the past two years, I was slipping away from that identity. And so the further I got away from the identity, the more my brain started to create these problems in my head. And that's when it decided that my body shape and weight were a problem. So then it said, okay, now we've got to get serious. We're going to start weighing ourselves again, which I didn't ever really do. I would occasionally just pop on there just out of curiosity, but you know, just on and off and not very often. It started being upset when things didn't fit and moving on to other clothes that did fit. I started looking at every little lump and bump with a critical eye and then sometimes going, oh, it must be this perimenopause and my hormones are creating all this or, oh. And so anyways, I just was like analyzing like how my skin was changing and how, you know, my fat was laying under my skin. It was really crazy. And so sometimes I would catch myself and be like, your thoughts are crazy. Like this is not real. And so, and I would be like, okay, we got to let that go. And I totally would, I would let it go, but they kept swirling up and swirling up. Anyway, I had decided that it was time to stop thinking about how I used to move my body and how I would like to do that again and actually do it, like follow through on creating movement in myself on a very, very regular basis. Because I missed that consistent feeling of getting my heart rate up and of challenging myself and working towards surfing goals. I'm actually a very competitive person like if you challenge me like if we were to go run together I would do anything I could to try to keep up with you <laughs> even though I would not actually I, I have run up I run up a hill with you once and I won't do it again <laughs> and even though I have like I should not be running more than like a mile right now <laughs> but I would try very hard to run more than that with you and I would try to keep up with you because it just kind of clicks on whenever I'm around things and I have I hold myself to a high standard But what also came back to my return to exercise were the thoughts. Uh, You're not losing weight fast enough. Really, it was fat. It was really concerned with that. And that it seemed like I was going in the opposite direction, that I was gaining weight and not losing weight. Like all these things that so many of the people that we talk to on a regular basis and hear out in the world saying, I'm actually gaining weight, I'm not losing weight. So because we're all tied to this number on the scale. So anyways, my brain was 
has decided to join back in on that whole (laughs) conversation train. And I was so disappointed in my body. And why did I let myself go during the pandemic? And so it was like this whole internal thought roller coaster of, yay, hard work, boo, it's not working. And desperate thoughts about what can I take, like supplements, or what can I do to make it work better or faster? So then I'm like, well, do I go back to like crazy boot camp workouts, even though I know that's not what I really want to do right now because I have different goals. And so it was just becoming a really terrible mental space to be back in. And I was like, how the F did I get back into this mental space? So then one day I was at the gym and just, you know, cranking out some bench presses. And it occurred to me what was actually happening wasn't that I was upset that I wasn't losing body fat fast enough. It was really that that was all just surface level BS that was distracting me from really, really looking into what was actually going on. And it was really that I was disappointed in myself that I had not been showing up for myself all the months before. Like I would say that I was going to do these things because I wanted to do them and I like to do them. But then I would, you know, be like, oh, I'm too tired. Oh, I have too many things to do. Like I would give the 9,000 different reasons why I couldn't show up for myself, which was really about my mental health and about how I feel when I move in a particular way. So because I wasn't showing up for myself and doing the work and all this other stuff, then I would be like, well, no wonder that's why I haven't been getting stronger and haven't been able to progress at wake surfing. All I say is that all that surface level shit talk that I was doing was really about how I was treating myself overall. And when I was able to really sit with that deeper message, I was able to stop talking all that crap to myself Because it's not about beating myself up for not being consistent before. It was using that and showing up for myself from that point forward. So I wanted to make sure that I understood that. And so I could relearn the lesson. Oh, okay, this is how this showed up. And so now I can move on. Does that make sense? So I needed to realign with my identity of how I view myself because I was out of alignment. So there was a lot of cognitive dissonance about that. And so it's in that space that you can start to hear those negative thoughts, the judgments, and actually believe them. But if we can just see them as just thought errors and look past them to see, is there something more useful to learn from these, what I call shallow thoughts? Were any of these thoughts real? Were they true? And am I showing up for myself the way that I want to? And if I'm not, how can I begin to get back into the self-alignment? But I also want to say we have to use some discernment because make sure that you're not actually going to try to bully yourself into a view of how you think you should be. It has to come from the authenticity of you, your beliefs, and your actions. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. I, I'm like, I have so many notes and it's so, it's so hard to like play the role of the listener and also like put pins in like what I want to talk about. Yeah. And you and I, we love our Marco Polo. Yes. App, right. And so you had actually come to me, it was like a week ago, I think. And you were like, I have this it was right before you went on vacation. So I guess yeah. two weeks now. And you were like, okay, this is what's happening in my mind. And I think maybe like I need some coaching on it and like it would be fun for us to record it. <laughs> this is a lot of pressure and I told her I was like well it's just a little bit of pressure because coaching a friend is sometimes really challenging because 
as a friend, you do have empathy and you do want to show, hey, I hear you and I understand where you're coming from. But like as a coach, sometimes I'm like, my job is to not believe what you're telling me. (laughs) And so sometimes it's hard to put on the coach hat when you're with a friend or a business Mm -hmm. partner, right? But the one thing, and I had actually, I had shared a couple of questions that I was going to ask you that you did not listen to. I did not because I was like, I don't want to overthink the questions. I want to hear them pure. (laughs) (laughs) But like... All in all, it sounds like, I mean, you pretty much have sorted it out for for yourself, which is yeah. amazing. I think that's like that self-coaching skill that takes, you know, that development over time and practice. But I think sometimes because we know these tools or we know where we could be and we try to coach ourselves out of mm-hmm. something. One of my questions for you too was like, were you really like allowing yourself to feel and understand that feeling of disappointment? Because I think sometimes what happens is like we feel disappointment and then we judge it of like, Oh, this is my disappointment on the shallow level. But oh really no, my- I was in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. like going, I was like all in the disappointments. When I say I was researching things, I really was like, okay, there's got to be something out there that I can do to sort of boost my hormone state. Because I was convinced that the fortunate events of both perimenopause and the pandemic kind of all collided. And I was like, well, that was a heck of a time (laughs) to go sideways on my fitness because now I'm going to be, you know, stuck with this on my body, which was really great. So I really allowed it to be disappointing and to have all of the crazy thoughts. And it was also very uncomfortable for, as I mentioned before, because I had not thought this way in a decade. Yes. And so that on top of it was just like, that's why I was like on this emotional roller coaster because I was like, oh my God, but I couldn't right. see my way. And then you're totally like, I know I'm not supposed to be judging myself, but I'm judging myself. But like, oh I'm- yeah, for sure. I was like a hundred percent like going, ah, but I was actually really disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like sometimes when I'm getting coached, it's like, it's so great because you, you take off your practitioner hat and you can just allow yourself to to be the person with all of the thoughts and all Mm -hmm. of the feelings. And so when you can find a place to do that for yourself without the judgment, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to allow myself to hear my wild thoughts about my body and here's this crappy feeling that I'm feeling. And like Mm -hmm. a lot of times, you know, people are like, well, this just doesn't feel good. So like I got to, for coaches, it's like, I know that I can create an intentional feeling and I know I can create intentional thoughts. And the mistake is we don't sit in our, like what we would call an unintentional model mm-hmm. long enough, right? So it's like, I'm not allowing myself to actually like process the unintentional thoughts and, and negative, not negative, but you know, uncomfortable feelings truly before then I can go to an intentional place. So you, you did do that. So that's definitely- Yeah, well, what I think happened was I swirled around and I didn't do what I know I should do, which is write it all out on paper and look at <laughs> yeah. it. And look at those crazy thoughts or the thoughts I was having shouldn't shouldn't label them as crazy. But what happened was I instead then Marco Polo'd you about what was happening. It's like, you know, I'm talking to you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so, and I know you're going to have a response. And so anyways, so it was getting verbalizing it all out to you. Yes. Was what kind of spurred a lot of it. The movement. The movement. Yeah. In a way, it's like you're just moving that energy through you. Instead of holding on to it, you're moving through it. Correct. 
So then the other thing I noticed that you did, which I think is so great, is starting to identify your needs, right? So at first you're like, oh, my need is to have a smaller body and to not have weird skin and fat. (laughs) That is age appropriate for my body. Like Like that's where our brain goes like, oh, this is my need, right? My need is to fit into my clothes to look better, to see a different number on the scale. But Mm -hmm. then you were like, wait, that's not the actual need. The need is to reconnect with myself. Yeah. Because you were missing that self-connection of, hey, I really actually do like movement and I've disconnected from that for whatever the reasons you've explained, right? Mm -hmm. And then to reconnect with them in an authentic way. And I think that cognitive dissonance too is like, oh, I'm supposed to reconnect with it the way that I used to connect with it. And instead it's like, I need to reconnect with it with who I am now. Yeah. That I think is a challenge. We all do that. We're like, I think there was a time in my life where I would run six miles a day. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and I, would try, I used to do it too. Yeah. I would try to reconnect with that person. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know her. She's not here anymore. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah, it's my like, long distance runner is gone. Like she is like, but I did think, I was like, well, maybe I'll become a long distance runner again. <laughs> And maybe you will. We don't know, right? No, but I like, won't. I can but, tell you. But when you try to go to the past to make a past connection, that's like trying to hook up with an old boyfriend. Oh. You, know. <laughs> you did not be like a person. But it's so accurate. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh yeah, that's going to work out. Whenever we're talking about bodies and food, I love either putting it in context of romantic relationships or money because we can always kind of find like a connection and it kind of just puts it in a different perspective. We're like, yeah. oh, I see what we're doing here, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, we don't want to hook up with the old boyfriend. It's not helpful. So yes, identifying like what are my actual needs? Are my needs to like move my body, to connect with myself? Like I need support in this place. Like I learned a lot about that in the last year, you know, after having a baby, it's like, oh, what are my needs? My needs are freedom. I don't have as much freedom as I used to have. So it's like, I really have to carve that out for myself or joy or play. It's like just really understanding our needs. And in a lot of ways, I don't think that we're taught to know what we want or what we mm-hmm. need. So that's a really important skill set. And that's also what your relationship with you is and why that is so important. Because you had mentioned like, that self-alignment and being kind of upset with yourself because you would say, I know what I should be doing and I'm not doing it. And when we should, obviously that's not helpful, right? When we should on ourselves. And it's like when people are like, what is your relationship with myself? What does that even mean? And I think it's like, I can count on me, right? Like I'm not going to over plan something that I know that I can't show up for. And then I'm just going to be nice to myself, right? Like I'm going to decide things that are going to feel good to me and be nice to me so that future me can feel like current me is giving them a gift. You know, like how can I just continue to gift myself in a way where it's like, oh yeah, I really needed that. And sometimes what I need is to not eat the sugar today or it is to go on a walk today. And it doesn't, that can be confusing because we're like, but I thought we weren't dieting, right? And it's like, well, choosing to not have sugar for a day is not a diet. Right. So that, I think it does get blurry. And, you know, I did want to ask you too, like, did you use any IFS on yourself? Like, were you thinking about your parts and the people at odds in your mind? Let's see. Did I No, I didn't use any parts because all my therapy related to parts was other issues in my life. So no, I did not identify with any old parts. Interesting. Yeah, I know. I mean, in a way, the way you the way you told your story, though, you kind of did, because you're like, I have these thoughts from this old space. Yes. 
but yeah, it's not necessarily like the actual techniques that you're using. Yeah, no, I didn't go through the whole identification and connection with a specific part. I did not. Yeah. And I think that's a skill that you're probably using subtly that maybe because you're so immersed in it that you're not even aware that it's actually happening sometimes. Maybe. I mean, just because of the language you're using, you're like my identity and like, but I think what's so useful about the parts tools Mm -hmm. is, you know, when you feel at odds with yourself and you're like, Mm -hmm. there's a part of me that wants to do this. There's a part of me that wants to go work out. And there's a part of me that wants to sit on the couch and say no. Right. Right. And I think a lot of times we feel at odds because we don't want to listen to those parts. Right. And so we have to get into that practice of giving each part of us a voice and learning how to listen to those parts. And that's how we kind of learn what our needs are. Right. You're like, oh, this part needs this and this part needs this. And we can find compromise or we can say, hey, it's this part's turn mm-hmm. to experience this and then we'll get to this. Yes. And that's being self-led is being able to move from there and recognize the part's needs. So yeah, it is leading from myself and from my heart space. And clearly I wasn't because I wasn't even checking in. I wasn't even recognizing from my heart space, from me, that this one part that was just like utterly just like about it all was the one in charge. I was not for a hot minute there until every once in a while, sometimes it'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I would check it. But yeah, I started, I really went down, went down a little, a little hole there for a while. And it did, it took me several weeks to reach out and be like, okay, this is what's going on in my head. Yeah. So like we said, it's important to share this because the success of a body image journey doesn't mean that we never think these things again or that we might not ever find ourselves in a similar place. What we hope to do is help give tools and practice with guidance so that when you do find yourself in these situations, you have that ability to move forward in a better way yeah. than staying in that place for a long time. Yeah. And what was interesting that I know one thing I did not do this time, I literally changed like nothing about how I ate. Probably in the past, it could have triggered to do something different. And for me, it often would have been to overeat, even though that is Counterintuitive. Counterintuitive. <laughs> and because of the feelings of discomfort, yeah. because that's how I would soothe myself is yeah. to eat. Or, I mean, it would have triggered something that looked like dieting, but in my mind, it would have been like, oh, I'm just cleaning things up a little bit. Yeah. Because being a dietitian, it's easy for me to fool myself with that language, right? And so I have to really mm-hmm. watch like how, how I use words around food sometimes. So anyways, it could have gone in that way, but I literally did nothing and kept it all the same. So that is how I know that I hadn't gone too far <laughs> Yeah, the situation. Yeah. I kind of just let these negative self-talk and let it yeah. all be about exercise. But it was really, yeah, like I said, just because I wasn't showing up for myself, causing a havoc. Well, you'll have to give us an update in a few months. <laughs> 
On what? <laughs> Be like, how, how did this aha moment shift you? You know, like, well, it's been so good. Like, I do, I do my exercises, and for me, it's like I don't have the time or the energy to go do forty-five to an hour workouts somewhere. So I do go to like a personal trainer slash physical therapist. He's like a all-in-one kind of guy. And so anyway, so I do that twice a week. And then the other days, I can't walk the dogs as much because God bless America, it's so hot. But I do these 25-minute HIIT workouts in my room. I'm all about the short and sweet. Yeah, so I've been doing those and I really have been enjoying it. And then when I can go out, when it's cool enough to take the dogs, we go for nice long walks. Yeah, and I think it's also like something else because you were like, for me, it triggered, it could have triggered an eating pattern. Mm -hmm. But I think in some people, it also triggers an overworking out pattern where they're like, oh, I'm going to go from like, you know, this not working out as much as I want to like CrossFit daily or whatever, you know, like I did briefly have that thought. And then I was like, no, no, no. Like I know, like, <laughs> not CrossFit, but you know, like yeah. I was like, well, is now do I go try F45 or Orange Theory? I've been always curious about it. Maybe now's the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we but, know like, but, you know, overworking out, we've both done that. You know, it's like been there, done that, right? So yeah. Just, I'm, not, I'm too stressed to actually do that. So luckily I was able to recognize that my body would not be able to handle that right now. So Yeah. I know. I just want to tell the people like you don't have to overwork out. I think that's like one of the biggest mistakes. (laughs) Because what I need right now is to do small things that I can be consistent with. If I can continue to be consistent with that and I want to add that in because I am looking for more of a challenge again, then I can do that. But right now, doing that is not going to prove to me that I am going to consistently show up for myself because I've always relied. This is like dieting. Oh my God, I'm having a moment. Okay, so like how diets say, if you just eat this way, then you'll lose the weight, blah, blah, blah. You end the diet, you gain the weight because you've learned nothing. Same thing with exercise. If I go to a fitness class, like what I've always done, then you know I'll go and I'll get back into shape, yada, yada, yada. Class ends because something happens or I get tired of it and then I do nothing. So what I needed to prove to myself is that I can show up for myself consistently at home with the things that I already know at home and can do around my house without going to a class. Yeah. It's just, it's that all or nothing thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had to relearn like how I can show up for myself the same way I do with food for movement. Yeah. So, Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. I hope somebody can glean something out of this. Oh, I'm sure they will. Okay. Now on to our weekly segment, or I guess now we're at bi-weekly. Is that how you say it? Yes. Bi-weekly, bi-monthly. I took took out the weekly part. I just said, we keep our... (laughs) (laughs) I know. We keep our eyes peeled for things in the media or in real life that come from diet culture or that perpetuate diet culture in some way. These are often the subtle ways it creeps in, which is why we are shining a light on it and sharing it with you. Okay. And so because I am 
full of gab today. Yes. (laughs) I found something very interesting. And it's because I think all of that clicking on those ads of those, you know, illustrations of people aging and their fasting techniques or their (sighs) intermittent fasting, you know, put me back in this like weight loss algorithm. And so it's been great. I've been really enjoying it for entertainment standpoint. So anyways, I was watching an educational video on YouTube about, I don't know, maybe ADHD or something. I have no idea. But then I got this video ad and it was a longer video ad. And I was like, no, like, how do I get out of this? But then I was intrigued because I was like, no, you gotta, you gotta watch because be good. So anyways, it was a video ad about this poor lady who had tried everything to lose the increasing fat that was ruining her life and her health. Mind you, this video was not from the voice of her. It was from Dun, 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 her husband. And so, yeah, it was crazy. So, I mean, quote unquote husband, I mean, it's fictional, I'm sure. (laughs) Even though they showed pictures of both of them. And thankfully, her husband was desperate to help her. And he saw a news story about how a loophole, this is a key word in all of their advertising, the loophole to fat loss from an ancient island and the billion dollar weight loss industry does not want us to know about it because as scientists discovered it while working in said industry, the weight loss industry, and that they didn't want to hear about it because if people actually found out about this loophole product or ingredient that their billions of dollars in this industry would collapse. So they were afraid this one scientist was going to bring it all down. So the husband tracked down the scientist and learned all he could and bought all the different products, each individually that cost like $1,500. And so then he's like, there's got to be a better way. But they did. They tried everything that they told him. And of course it was miraculous. She lost like 13 pounds of fat in a week or something like that. And then he started to take in voila. Now he's <laughs> melting fat away too. Their sex life is back. They're enjoying and laughing at each other instead of being sad and depressed. Where did he find the time to go on this trek to get I all mean, of <laughs> Seriously. But what was so funny was that they kept saying loophole to help right. fat burn, right? And so, and I was like, why are you using loophole? Like, why? Because like, everybody it's loves not a loophole. loophole. <laughs> it's, you took a product and it did a thing. There's <laughs> loophole. Anyways, I just was like, that's the dumbest word. But anyways, so I tried to watch the whole video on the website because, oh, I did watch the ad and then I clicked to go to the website oh. to like learn more because I was like, I want to know, like, <laughs> how is this, what is really happening here? So anyways, and so just, I had it going in the background and I was like, oh my God, I've been listening to this for 20 minutes. Like, what's the deal? Anyway, so I tried to like click away and then like this, like if you moved your mouse towards the top of the screen, like this big yellow box would come up and be like, wait, don't leave yet. There's like, and I have a countdown from a minute and a half until they told me the secret. So keep listening. So then you would have to press this button to keep listening. And then they kept going and going. And every time I'd move the mouse towards the top, it would do this thing. And I was like, and it would stop the video and it would be like, wait, 
we haven't told you the secret. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I made it for like, I don't know, a really long time and I couldn't take it anymore. So anyways, so. Did you hear the secret? Yeah, I, I finally found a button to click on. And anyway, so it is some herb from the small island that promotes these brown fat cells that can burn pounds and pounds of fat instantly. Of course, while all eating the things that you love, cookies, macaroni and cheese, and so on in any amount, because you will burn fat regardless of what you eat because that's really the important thing, not the fact that regardless of your size, if you eat these very inflammatory foods that you couldn't still have like heart disease or diabetes or anything like that. So of course that's never the issue. It's that fat itself is the issue. But anyways, the product contains all these different herbs that I recognize like almost all of them except for like one, I think, which must be the one that is the loophole from an exotic (laughs) ancient island. The exotic hack that melts 59 pounds of fat is what the tab on my computer. 59 is so specific. So specific. And I'm like, that wouldn't even work. Like, how does that, well, and the word hack is also such a buzzy word. Right. So it's a loophole and a hack. I don't know. Yes. Anyway, so, and then the bonus items that you can get if you purchase more than one bottle of this item is that you get a one day kickstart detox, which literally said with 20 bizarre 15 second detox teas. Like that was the title. What does that mean? Does that mean you have diarrhea within 15 seconds? That's what I was wondering. (laughs) (laughs) And why bizarre? This literally was the title. One day kickstart detox with 20 bizarre 15 second detox teas. I read it like five times because I was like, really? That's the title you're going for? And then another book about how to fast track your healthy mindset. Because, right. Oh, they're hopping on that mindset so there's train. So there's a hack for getting on the mindset train to get it real going real fast while you're drinking your 15-second detox teas. I don't know. Anyways, so then I was like, I'm going to do a Google search. And so I kept searching like for reviews and all that stuff. And the only thing that would come up were things that were posted two or three days ago. Like everything was posted two or three days ago. Nothing from like even a month ago. A month ago wasn't even that. And all the stories would be from some of them were like ones you can totally tell are fake. And then some of them were from like legit newspaper, like the LA Times, I think. And then like some Florida newspaper. But then I would (laughs) scroll and it would all say the same thing. Like they were all really similar. And then I would scroll and it would say sponsored content somewhere on it, like really small. And I was like, so it was all very bizarre. And then the stories are very convincing if you are in that mindset about that and your body and you could easily ignore all the ridiculous parts of the story that he was talking about and then I was like kind of digging around some more and it says on the bottom of the page where you can buy the product is it says ClickBank is the retailer of these products on the site ClickBank is a registered trademark of Click Sales Inc and I'm like yo We should not be purchasing anything from a company called ClickBank or ClickSales. Like, hello. It sounds like a lot of marketing just to get a scam. Like, I wonder if you buy it, if you would even get it in the mail, or is it just trying to steal your credit card? No, it was $59. I didn't want to 
risk you it. You didn't want to risk it. Yeah. No. Oh my gosh. I mean, some of the herbs in there, I was like, I don't know about the combination of these, but literally every single thing when they told you about what the herb was and what it did, the first one always said promotes brown fat. And then the others would say like what the other uses were for it, which I recognized on a lot of the herbs. Yeah. I was like, oh no, that's a lot of herbs to combine into one product to pretty sure it might stop your heart I, I mean it may not I really, mean but. when I think about all like knowing what I know about marketing and having to set all of that up it's like there's like a team of people that showed oh, up yeah to talk about this that created this but yeah they're laughing all the way to the bank because there's so many people that you know if you think about where your mindset was mm-hmm. you know it's like people are there but they don't have the skills and tools and then it's like oh well this could be yeah this is the loophole <laughs> this is this the is hack it. for me yeah. Wow. Well, you uh, thank you for going on that fun journey. <laughs> it was fun. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I wonder if you Google that company where they're located, like if you could ever find any information on them. But. Oh, it was a register in Delaware, of course. Oh, which is why I think it's good. It's like we talk about knowing your ingredients or maybe where your food comes from. It's like you should definitely know if you're taking some random drug off the internet who is selling it to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just click bank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I sure hope that we gave you something new to think about today and helped you take one more step on your path to freeing yourself from diet culture. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Instagram at path underscore nutrition. If you are looking to work with us, please visit us at our website, pathnutrition.com to get started. Have an awesome day. Bye everyone. Bye.